chatter it's been a while obviously been stuck in lockdown haven't had too much sport to talk about but we are back and better than ever i'm with ed and zav again how are you boys yeah good to it's good to be back we thought we were regular features and then you had your brother on which is you know not sure about that but anyway it's good to be back sometimes you've got to uh fill the void (laughs) someone someone needs to someone needs to record Yeah, yeah just try to get an episode out and zav how are you very well. Nice to have live football back. It's a nice change. Yeah, much, much appreciated change, I'm sure. And we're all training as well. We've got our first game, what, next Saturday? Next Saturday, yeah. Very um, much looking forward to... Come on down. Yeah, come on down if you want to watch some fantastic Sunday League football. Yeah, mediocre at best. But um, no, we've been doing a lot of training. Um, we have, yeah. It's the longest pre-season ever. So, yeah, hopefully it's not going to uh, be the end of us. But, yeah. Yeah, hopefully not. Well, for our first episode back, we're going to talk about some current stuff happening in Australia at the moment. Obviously, there's the new um, like FFA, A-League TV rights deal, and then the Women's World Cup is about to be decided overnight. Yeah. So we thought we'd talk about those kind of things for our first episode back, just get us back into the swing of things. So um, the A-League TV deal, well, their fake the TV deal. Um, didn't look like it was going to happen. Obviously, Fox had... Nope. Fox were like, yeah, sorry, we're not paying you. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. And we're cancelling the deal, but we'll, we'll continue to show games for the rest of the season or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And so everyone's a bit peeved with, with Fox, but at the uh, final hour, they came through and they were just like, you know what? We'll give you 12 months. Yeah. So July next year, um, which means... Zav, you were telling us it means the, it's a winter season now, isn't it? Yeah, so they're shifting... To well, so it'll be starting in December and then ending in July, mm. with the goal to line up now. Well, they're moving one obstacle with promotion relegation that way to link up with NPL. So I mean that's a yeah. positive, I guess, to take out of it, and it's just to help with the whole World Cup in twenty twenty two because that's going to be a big issue. So now, the next season after that will start, I think, even later. Yeah. So I think it'll be like January something like that. So then it'll end oh, yeah. early August, maybe late July. And then there'll be prep time for the Qatar World Cup. So, I mean, it's an interesting shift because it, it didn't seem like it was on the table. Well, nothing seemed like it was on no. the table at the yeah. time. Optus Sport was making memes. Like, yeah. I remember April 1st, they, like, said big announcement tomorrow. And they had, <laughs> what was it? It was, like, the... Marble racing. Marble racing oh, instead. Right. Everyone's, like, look at yeah, the aliens. Yeah. That was a stitch-up. So, Massive I mean... stitch-up, yeah. If you have the competitor rival for this, like, doing memes, it says a lot about where the situation is at. But... Fox Sports has done a lot for the A-League over its, what, 15 years. Yeah. So you can't... It's it's good that they're still sticking by it, and we went through the, the rough to get here, but glad it's here. Much smaller deal, but yeah, unfortunately definitely. that's where the A-League is at. Well, yeah, it's something... So per year before this, the previous deal was $60 million a year, mm-hmm. and this year for... Or this deal for the 12 months is $32 million, so... Pretty much half. Well, obviously, you have to take into consideration coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had AFL and NRL also sign reduced deals. Uh, I don't know how, like, significantly theirs is reduced compared to the A leagues, but it was bound to happen that there wasn't going to be as much money in it. Yeah. 
but it just means I think Tony Sage has had a I saw a headline Tony Sage Rage um, <laughs> had a bit of a like pop off being because obviously that means there's less money to share for the clubs yep. less money to share for like uh, like for, towards the FFA and everything like that and to the women's league and everything so just because yeah there's less money in it like it, it will affect everyone so yeah it'd be interesting to see to see what happens I mean hopefully we get another broadcast deal after that whether it's Fox or Fox or not, but yeah, it, it means that. So for twelve months, in that twelve month period, you get the what eight ish rounds, let's call it, of A League and the finals. Yeah, and then you've got W League in that as well, and Socceroos and Matildas games. It's only, and there's only four Socceroos games, World oh, Cup okay. qualifying games in that. Period. Not much. Yeah, and then cool. they scratched the FFA Cup as well. So that's been confirmed. That's just done. I know, I, no, that's a broadcast. They don't know what's... Broadcast. Yeah. I think that the competition will probably still happen. Yeah. FFA well, will live stream it on Facebook. Yeah, and like the yeah. first two years or something, I remember the FFA Cup. I don't know if that was on Fox. But the thing was, Fox... I'm like, sure straight away it was. Oh, okay. And Fox did, like, all... Brought the cameras out to country, Victoria, New South Wales. <laughs> they did a lot Bring the cameras yeah. in. Had the massive scaffoldings, you know, <laughs> the side of the pitch. Yeah. I did I did love the Savlaki wrap-up yeah. from um, Simon. Peacock Gilles. loved it as well. Oh, they, yeah. were, they did it just for the food. Yeah, I was. I was watch- I saw something come up on on Facebook the other day about like uh, Simon Hill and the Fox Sports commentators talking about Slovaki all the time for the FFA Cup, <laughs> and they like there was one game where someone ripped a, f- a ripped a flare, and it was smoke down that end, but there's also smoke on the other end coming from the Slovaki like thing, and so Simon Hill says something like, "Oh, some idiots just ripped a flare, but don't worry, that's not the smoke from the Slovaki. The Slovaki's down the other <laughs> end or something." Terrible chatter. But it, it, I hopefully they like when the FFA Cup gets done online, I guess, or or, or someone does something for it. Yeah. I love watching FFA Cup; it's so much fun. And I mean, you guys had the privilege to play in it. Yeah, um, play one game. One so game. That's, that's the only game our teams played this season. Yeah, and I guess the most <laughs> poignant part of that is uh, after ninety minutes. You know, usually in a knocker competition, you go into maybe penalties, maybe extra time, something. But they just turn the lights out on us, so. Yeah. I think that's showing that maybe even before Corona and, um, you know, the broadcast deal, maybe the FFA Cup wasn't the premier uh, competition <laughs> we might think it is. But I'm interested with the point of, like, the reduced deal. Obviously, it's not great, but it's not unexpected. And yeah. people make it seem like it's going to be, it's, like, really dire. But I think, to play devil's advocate, there a lot of just generally like footballing related costs might go down um, with it. So you think okay. player salaries, you think look in every, every other industry, right? I know my friend's family have taken pay cuts, that kind of thing. Not saying A-League's great because you know, I can't remember what the minimum salary is, but it's not, it's not a whole lot. But yeah. um, you think as well, marquees, like any transfer signings, if that's still a thing, um, are all going to be reduced yeah. from that everywhere. And you'll probably see that as a bigger thing in Europe. But I think for that 12 to 14 month deal, just having some football there, mm. it's, you know, a small price to pay. Yeah, just just for it to be able to keep going to keep watching going it. Yeah. And I guess it does give us, it gives like Australia and the A-League a bit of a chance to hit the reset button and like potentially have a look at what's been going wrong, what's been going well. And they might be able to, I mean, maybe after Qatar, because then they can sync up the seasons again if they want to go back to summer or, or stick to winter. But it gives them time to be like, assess if winter worked and 
Mm. And if it's feasible yet, and if not, and like it gives them time to maybe play in the second division or a couple more expansion teams and stuff like that. So I guess, yeah, it could. Well, I think the point you brought up there about it's it's an opportunity is vastly understated because where where do we really go from here? We're at, you know, I guess at ground zero almost. Yeah. Um, apart from having no football broadcast. So moving into winter, I think we've, you know, talked about that before. And we did, that's yeah, episode one. It's, episode actually, one. it's actually changed, which is something we haven't done before yeah. other than adding a team in a populated city. So yeah. that's it. And whilst I love my, you know, Sunday Arvo footy in the sun or in summer, I think it's it's just worth a shot to see, can we do something different? Yeah. Can it be better? And the points we raise in there are um, really valid. But I like how it's going to be a gradual shift, except for these next couple of months. And it kind of gives us, not an excuse, but um, at least a pathway to see, well, if it didn't work this season, maybe next season with a shifting of a month or two more, yeah. we'll see better football or we can see an increase in crowds. So... I definitely see it's an opportunity and I just think it's it's good that we've got this next 14 months or whatever just to stabilise a little bit before we go into this next, I guess, cycle, like Zabby said, up into the World Cup. I think, yeah. I think it's weird. Like, I was reflecting on this and I saw the tweet the other day about, like, you think about 2014, the peak of the A-League, like, packed out. You were at this game, Melbourne Victory, Sydney SC, the grand oh, final. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was... Like, I, that video went trending on Twitter about, like, look at football in Australia. Like, mm. Barisha, when he scored, you saw the whole stadium lit up. That must have been amazing. But, like, we just didn't utilise that. We didn't, like, use it as something to bounce off and make the league even better. We just kind of, like, added teams to populated cities and it just which descended. Yeah. And it's kind of sad just to reflect and be like, how did we get here from where we were? We had just... A-League was at the top. We were... Just, we just won the F- the Asian Cup. Like, we were at the top that we possibly could be. And now yeah. it's kind of sad we're here. So we're going to kind of, like, reflect back. And I do... James Johnson is doing a very good job so far. He's making positive steps and he's got big plans. Like, in Japan, you know how they have those... I think we spoke about it on the podcast. Plans, yeah, whatever. he's got... He, I watched an interview yeah. with him and he's got a 15-year and a 20-year plan okay. about what's going on. Like, he wants to... I don't know if you saw, he wants to turn... um the old Johnny Warren Stadium in yeah, St. George St. George into the new home of the FFA like a Clairefontaine for Australia wow which would be awesome, awesome. Yeah. so like well, it's, it's derelict at the moment isn't it yeah. like it's run down and, and it's no there's a lot it. to use there like that'd be perfect you'd have like youth academies from age 15 mm-hmm. all the way up you'd have the Socceroos the Matildas all based there it's pretty central as well too yeah right next to the airport so perfect for international travel for tournaments and stuff like that. A great place to base yourself at yeah. if you have to come from Perth for an international camp or or anything like that. It's building a bit of a legacy. It's building yeah, this it's, thing. It's nice to have someone there who actually has a plan rather than who's come from NRL and just yeah. like is like it doesn't understand what he's doing. Doesn't go on with the fans. It seems like he's he's trying yeah. to do what he can. And the area already has like it's got history though. Like Johnny Warren, one of the faces of Australian football. Like well, yeah, yeah, it's. So that would another stepping stone from James Johnson. So it's like there's things in the works and it's good to see there's actually change in this 10, 15 year plan. It's more like how it will actually impact the league and football in general. What I yeah. like about it as well is he's come in and I, I don't know, it's a bit of a regurgitated point, but it's like he's really made it a unified front. And now since he's come in, I don't think of the FFA 
and then the Socceroos and then the A-League. It mm. all becomes one centralised movement. And I think if we have these small goals, like the Women's World Cup potentially, which we'll get onto, um, increasing the A-League and then maybe youth development, all these coming in one cohesive effort, it makes a lot more sense than what I felt like six months was happening was we're just like, how do we save the A-League? Like the crowds are dwindling. It just made it seem like very tunnel vision focused. How do we just keep it alive? How do we just keep it alive? But now we're like, hang on, we've got these great selling points in terms of the Matildas, what a, you know, launch pad that could be, Women's World Cup. Socceroos are still a greatly supported national team compared to a lot of our other national teams, mainly behind the cricket team and union when we're not getting walloped. Yeah, well, probably... 15 years ago. Yeah, maybe 15 years ago. So I just really like how now there is a lot more hope and ambition. And before, the plans were just surrounding the A-League. And I was just like, well, are we going to get up to a 30,000 crowd average You know, in this span of time? Mm. It was ambition without, I guess, a plan and a more holistic approach. Yeah, no, it's, it, it seems like he's doing a great job. And he, he came out and said, after the deal had been announced, he said, there's numerous, numerous benefits for a winter season, you align the football pyramid, which is what you mentioned, Zav, so everyone plays around this. Like, I guess if they go from, what was it, December to August, July, it pretty much, like, our football season as, as Sunday League and, and grassroots kind of goes to two months longer or whatever and starts a couple months later. Yeah. But we do have yeah. shorter seasons. So, like, it would be good to have that all linked up. And he did mention that it means there's a potential there for an actual domestic transfer market. Mm. I never thought about the fact that because you get only a month or two of actual crossover and it's usually just the FFA Cup, it's not even the A-League happening, it's hard to have a transfer where you might go, I want to sign this MPL guy, but he's not played for three months now. Yeah. And I mean, you can you can sign in the A League off season if you want. Of course, you could. But, but like, it's not trans. Like, if, it'd be nice to have like a transfer window and actual transfers rather than like A League clubs as well having to just be like, okay, well we'll swap you. Yeah. I remember the one I like the one I remember was the Andrew Hall and um oh Sydney FC grabbed someone from Newcastle. I can't remember who it was. Or, or, or the veteran Janjevic and Redman one where yeah. Sydney and Wanderers had to both release them yeah. and they signed for each other and yeah. that's the way of doing a transfer deal rather than actually paying money for someone who might be a good footballer or yeah. so it'd be nice to see if like we could get an actual transfer because that, that provides like Central Coast who makes so much who used to make so much youth football mm-hmm. they did make money from their players because they sold them overseas but they had no option to sell to a Melbourne City or a, yeah. a Sydney FC who might pay a, a million or two like straight away or, or, or 500,000 or, or whatever it is yeah it means you can actually start earning money from your players rather than people bouncing and playing for six clubs in eight <laughs> years or something like that yeah. and as a, much as that's fun for trivia for probably Australian football <laughs> yeah no great for our trivia <laughs> not as good for yeah Aussie football um, but I've hopefully after winter season I'd love to see it play because there are, there are a lot of critics out there and I think we probably sit on the fence with it still yeah because it's, it's a dangerous thing to do because there's no guarantee you do get crowds. I mean, there's no guarantee crowds will be allowed anyways. Yeah, yeah. But if it does work and it rejuvenates the game or something, then I'm all for it. And I'd be, I'm really interested to see how that does turn out for, for the A-League, for the W-League. And hopefully what we next talk about as well, the Women's World Cup can bring a bit of life to the W-League too. 
uh, and a bit more following for like the women's side of it as well because like the Socceroos and the A-League obviously have a much higher following than the W-League. I mean, the Matildas are generally pretty followed. Hmm. Well, it was interesting going on to the W-League is after the World Cup hype, which has been happening and surrounding us, we've been looking up a few of our um, you know, Matildas players and you just see their career paths are even stranger than a lot of yeah. A-League players because they go to the States a lot of the time because that's the biggest breeding ground. They've got the college system, which then translates into whatever the top-tier system is now. Is it NWSL? Yeah, but, the, and, but their like teams that. are not affiliated with the men's yeah. game at all. It's just it's very different and strange, and you see them doing that, and then they come back on like three successive loans to Melbourne City, and there's just... I, I always find it incredible how women's football internationally is so strong and has so much potential, but the domestic front seems very disjointed. So hopefully yeah. with a realigning of the leagues, um, I'm sure that would be in James Johnson's mind as well. Yeah, well, like, it, it, the w, like the W League in America is a really interesting case because neither of them run f- like... I don't, it, full might, be, might not be the right word, but full football seasons... So Sam Kerr mm. used to bounce between that's Perth right. and Chicago, Chicago yeah. because that's how the season's linked up. So she's always between the two playing football all the time. And now she's signed for Chelsea women. She has no other club. She, she can't go anywhere else because they have a full actual season. They're there like as a, as a normal window of season, I guess. And then you have your international breaks and everything or, mm. or like you have your, a couple months off and then you go back and have a normal season again. Whereas I think they must be shorter in America and Australia or something like that or just the way it syncs up maybe it syncs up so perfectly that you get a couple weeks off and then you're back into another season and a couple weeks off and back again so like it it would wear you down yeah but as well they've just got to grind so much harder to make a living out of it as well and that's why you see the bouncing in between clubs you're like well is that a great look for professionalism or whatever but it's it's what they have to do yeah a great note for one of the Matildas before we go into the Women's World Cup, um, Ellie Carpenter, mm. she signed for Leon. Huge. I saw that. Um, yeah, like who are the mo- like one of the most successful women's leagues? They're like, I, I don't know if they're back to back like Champions League champions, but they yeah, they're the most successful team in women's football in Europe. Yeah, which is massive. Like she's a very good footballer. Um, so it'd be awesome to see. I mean, even if she gets like a, a Champions League medal or just like plays regularly for them, that's massive for. For the Matildas and stuff. Before we get on to the World Cup, we'll touch quickly on, on jerseys. Bring back the jerseys. Sav, I see a jersey under that hoodie of yours. So I've got my most recent Liverpool shirt. I got gifted last year. It's got 27 Origi on the back. Oh, yes. And it's got the six Champions Leagues on the sides. Oh, nice. Oh, because nice. you won six Champions League. Did you hear? Oh, wow, yeah. no way. Yeah. And we're going to win, apparently, another Premier League soon. Oh, I know you guys have heard. I haven't heard about no, it. I haven't heard sure. it. I think it might I be. What's I'm, the Premier League? It might be soon. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out. Well, a bit, again, another thing that could happen overnight mm. is is that. So that'll be really interesting to see mm. if it happens. No, I like I like that kit. And obviously, a bit of history there with um, Tivok Origi. Yeah. He had a lovely little end to the Champions League. He so. He's a bit of a... He's a curious player. I don't... He, he's a... I don't know how to describe he's him. He's a cult figure in your He's club. a cult figure yeah. because he scores weird goals and he scores goals when we need him to. Barcelona, yeah. Everton, when it came off the crossbar and he yeah. just happened to be there. The Champions League final. Um, he just 
He's Another player that you could probably compare to him, like for an impact they have, is probably like Chicharito or, yeah. or Eden Dzeko. Yeah. Someone who didn't regularly start, but they scored a lot of important goals. That's it, right? Like Dzeko scored the header against QPR, yeah. or, or the shot against QPR before Aguero, uh, Aguero scored. Um, and yeah. then you've got Chicharito popping up numerous times oh, to save yeah. Um, yeah. Man United. Like, yeah, just people who. Are synonymous with a club and the like fans no matter how many goals they scored they might not have been like a prolific goal scorer but they'll always be in like fans hearts yeah, yeah and generally they make the impact over a relatively short period of time like yeah three five years that's all they need especially if it coincides with like a golden period for the club which mm. you know divok is if you guys were you know coming seventh and he scored a couple of like okay goals would you be well, saying that was it like do you i don't know if you remember he burst onto the scene 2014 world cup um, everyone's like oh he's the next big thing and Liverpool yeah. snapped him up, put him on loan to Lille, and he was voted Lille's worst player that next season. <laughs> and we were just like, we don't want him back. So yeah. I think he saved for another half season, didn't work out, kind of cruised around, and then we, you know, kind of made our ascent to the top. Just starting to work. Starting to work. at the right time, yeah. And Gabe's your kit? Oh, yeah. So I've got on a 98 Croatia away kit from Ooh. their first ever World Cup, second ever international tournament appearance. Um, I got a, a lucky enough to get it from uh, my uncle for free. I was just talking about football kits with him one day, and he was like, "I've got some upstairs if you, if you want some." He's got a couple of really nice, like match worn, signed ones in his. It's in his very nineties. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really really cool kit. Could easily pass as a rugby jersey. Yeah, the lotto badge number six on the back for um, Slavon Bilic as well. Is that um, third? Third? You third like? place. Yeah, third third yeah. place. Yeah, which was pretty pretty cool for a first ever World Cup. Um, oh, so yeah, yeah, a lot of history, a lot of meaning for my family, and. Oh, I just love the feel of the kit, the cuffs. The, the cuffs, cuffs is, a, um, is it a look I haven't seen for a while. Stuff. Yeah. Oh, wow. oh. It just feels good. It feels it feels like home. And I, I'm pretty sure I could find a, in an album somewhere photos of me wearing a jersey just like this, but for a child. Yeah. Um, like, because we grew up wearing Croatia kits and stuff. So, yeah, nice that's, to have an actual same with, um, adult one. Matt and I are the French shirts, I think, with those photos of us getting our first ones from... Not the best World Cup was the O2 France shirt. Um, ah, oh yeah. no, not the greatest one. I think that's the one where we lost to Senegal. Yeah. They danced around the shirt. Do you guys remember yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's France my... have a, a history of... <laughs> we fluctuate with the World Cups. Yeah. I assume the next one, we won't even make it. No, that's yeah, just how it's going to work. <laughs> well, it's good to see you guys have footballing pedigree. I'm wearing a UTS shirt because I only own about five jerseys. And yeah, I think you're, yeah. you're out of jerseys now, aren't I've you? got about as much history as PSG, so there you go. Well, it's that's a match made in heaven. Them. There you go. <laughs> Is it, I heard an interesting note they're going to start. They're the only lead to start in August. Oh. So they're going to just start normally. Oh. I was listening to The Guardian. They're saying, yeah, they're just going to go ahead and do what they do. Because they cancelled Because they can. Yeah. And they can start having fans by then. It'll be 5,000, 10,000. Yeah. So what a, wheel, what a it, wild. It, and yeah. the French people like that. They're kind of like looking forward to it. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, because at least then it's like just a hard reset and they don't have to worry about like repercussions. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of get it. They made the call early. So um, mm. Okay, well, on to the... Women's 2023 World Cup bid. Obviously, we mentioned that we will find out overnight. I think, Zav, you were saying 2 a.m.? 2 a.m. Uh, Optus, Optus are covering that one. So, shout out Optus. Shout out our friends at Optus. Shout out FIFA. Can you please vote for us? I'm sure they're listening. Massive news the other day with Japan pulling out, which is probably like one of the biggest draw... Obviously, because we're in the same area, one of the biggest draw cards... Would, that would have split a lot of votes. Yeah, that's it. Now we get all AFC voting for us. Yeah, which is... Well, I mean, unless they like Colombia a lot. Well, no, because uh, there's a... I was reading an article here, so pretty much they broke down yeah. like, who's going to vote for who, expected. 
So Asia's all going to vote for us. Oceania's going to vote for us. Oh, yeah. Two big wins there. Apparently <laughs> Africa's... All African... All the African states are going to vote for us. UEFA's split. They don't okay. know. Yeah. Back and forth because there's some allegiances to Colombia. Um, CONCACAF <laughs> are voting for Colombia and Canada's voting for us though. So yeah. and the US. I back. I could back a bit of like uh, Canada and USA. Yeah. They get around us. So it, look, the votes look like they should be coming to us, but I don't know if yeah. you see in the articles just <sighs> saying like, oh, Europe is split about it. And it's just, it, you know what it feels like? It feels like the 2022 World no, Cup in a But this is more transparent. This is. I, not only is it more transparent, but I feel like it's a much, much stronger bit as well. Like, we went out first in, in the 2022. We did, yeah. which I always remember. I was like, oh, I was so excited. We were this close. And I was like, well, no, we, we weren't, weren't that close, yeah. There was other things in play there. Obviously, <laughs> obviously other things in play, but even if there was other things in play, England would have won that, that World Cup, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Um, we which, might have done a little bit better, yeah. But we would—I don't think we'd ever got that World Cup, which is a shame because it would have been awesome. But um, yeah, twenty twenty-three looks like we should. Fingers crossed. Colombia's so they like rank each like portfolio, like yeah. you know the country. Oh yeah. Colombia's was two point eight. Ours was at, four point uh, out of five. five. Oh, okay. And ours is four point one, which is the highest rating ever. At, I don't know if it's ever, but it's like for that. Yeah. Well, so, fun, it's a fun fun fact. Oh. It's the first ever um, joint bid. For a Women's World Cup? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. I was like, initially when I was thinking about it, I was just like, oh, bloody New Zealand. But um, they're talking about doing it in like in a hub model, which makes sense. Cause yeah, then, four groups per country. Yeah. yeah. And then that way, you know, you don't have any these like crazy like crossovers or like just fly over to Christchurch for the weekend. Well, yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, so the Euros this year were meant to be... Everywhere. across Europe and you can do that because it only takes an hour to fly from yeah. like London to Rome or, or a couple hours whereas obviously it takes only a couple hours to fly from New Zealand to Australia but if everyone's doing that all the time yeah yeah it makes it pretty pretty inconsistent if they had to do that and it would be pretty hard to to work through but it's good that I like yeah it's, it's awesome to see that we're in line for a World Cup yeah and I just think uh, for our generation especially we did have the Asian Cup, which was a very good experience. That was quite cool, yeah. But you hear all our parents and the people like five years older than us saying, how good were the Olympics in 2000? Mm. I don't remember a thing. No. You guys might have a snippet here or there, but probably not. My parents not. had the briefcase that they had at the opening or closing ceremony. Yeah. I, I think what, I have photos. the briefcase? <laughs> no, like closing the briefcase? They gave everyone who went to the opening ceremony or closing ceremony this yellow briefcase with the Sydney Olympic logo on it. That's pretty cool. So, so did the briefcase so, come open and then... I don't... I wasn't the, there. I no, was... The, cer- the ceremony is isn't the briefcase. Okay. I it's thought it was very good. symbolic. No, no. Okay, that would have been great. <laughs> At the end of the game, they just close it up and then just like, thank you. I think I went to the hockey for that. And oh. there's photos of me at some of the stuff, but I, I don't remember it, obviously. So, so we don't really have those memories. Asian Cup was an awesome experience, but mm. again, it just doesn't have the same gravitas as... A World Cup would have. And yeah. for people who are just like, oh, it's the women's versus the men's. I mean, just look at the traction that the French World Cup and Women's World Cup had yeah, last exactly. year. Uh, um, where over a billion people watched um, cumulatively across the um, tournament, which is just incredible. Yeah. yeah. And a good thing about Australia and New Zealand is the fact that everyone in both countries just likes sport. Yeah. So if it's on and the tickets are the right price, people are just going to go. That's it. Right. At, like, yeah, it, I don't think if it was if it was here, I think people would definitely watch it. Oh. People would definitely travel to come and see it. 
I think it, yeah, it'd be awesome. A, a little bit of information about the actual like bid itself. So it's 13 stadiums in 12 cities, um, 12, like 12 cities to host all the games. So the there's two stadiums in Sydney, yeah. um, but the cities in Australia are Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Adelaide, Perth, wow, and then Newcastle and Launceston. Okay. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't expecting Launceston to be in there, but good on them. I'm like, surprised about Perth, to be honest. Because of how far away it is? Well, yeah, it just, I mean, you'd think geographically they just want to keep it together, but I guess the distance derby happens all the time in the A-League. So. That's true. And they've got a nice big old stadium out they there do. as well. And then in New Zealand, they've got Auckland, Wellington, Christchurch, Dunedin, and Hamilton. Uh, okay. So all five places are... Uh, like homes of one of the super rugby teams yeah so playing the super rugby stadiums you've got Eden Park um, Dunedin Stadium I'm pretty sure is indoors yeah um, really nice stadium and stuff but yeah like Waikato Stadium and Hamilton and everything they've got great stadiums and again people will go and watch you saw that with the Knicks when they went to Auckland oh, for one game that's right and massive that's crowd that's it so, so I, I 100% agree with you in terms of if it's sport if it's the nice day or whatever people are just going to get around it so I don't think it's it's going to be a problem. It's never... And especially with this Matilda squad, can't say yeah. too much about the All-Whites. No. I don't know very much about the All-Whites either. Uh, but. but with this Australian squad, uh, the thing is, you look at their caps and you're like, they've done like 85 caps and you're just like, and you're 26? Like, mm. how does this work? Because they start so young. So the thing is, if they're 30, by the time this rolls around... They've still got it, like plenty to give, and I think we'll definitely still be in our golden generation of women's football by then. And you'll yeah. still have figureheads like Sam Kerr, Steph Caddy, all those people. So Catley, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think definitely it'll be a huge boost for for the Matildas if it did happen. I think it's definitely probably one of our best chances to actually win a World Cup. Mm. And if things go our way, which they could, then yeah, I could like we have the quality of like Matildas. Again, I don't know much about the All-Whites, but the Matildas are one of the best women's teams in the world. Yeah. Um, and we seem to just fall short every time. Frustrating. In, yeah, very frustrating. In France, oh, it's just frustrating. But definitely, if we play well, like play as well as we can, we can match it with Brazil. And, and the US probably are the best, oh, yeah. evidently, because they won the World Cup. But they are just amazing. Yeah, Alex Morgan and... Um, Oh, what's, I can't remember. Yeah, Reagan, Megan Rapinoe. Rapinoe. I was about yeah. to say Rabio. Like, just because he's got long hair. <laughs> the rubble, she's got short hair. Oh, that, oh. Um, but yeah, so I think they're probably standing in our way of being the strongest. But it's a massive opportunity for Australia to win a World Cup. And even New Zealand could mm. could push Paul's on. Monkey. Also, they'll do lots of bits for the local game. I think they're looking to do one of the other, you know, objectives they want to hit in this 15 to 20 year plan is like, 50-50 participation. Yeah. And that's going to do huge bits for the women's game. The women's game is already massive in terms of a local thing. And Australia's football participation is very, very good. Yeah. It's the highest compared to any other sport. Mm. But they want to change it to be 50-50. And only, this is only going to help that. Yeah, I think it'll definitely be massive for the grassroots sports. And like we said before, it could be really big for W League viewership um, and stuff like that. But yeah, I think... It'll be awesome to see if we can get that, and fingers crossed. Overnight, we wake up to some to some lovely news that we all get to hashtag get onside. Get onside. Well said. Yeah. Have um. Should we should we get onto some trivia? Let's get yeah. onto a bit. Should of we trivia. do a trivia and wrap wrap her up? Just a quick quick welcome back episode. Welcome back. 
Um, alrighty. Who wants to go? You want to go first? Do we have? I can't remember the order. I can't remember the score. I can't I'm remember any of it. The order is Ed, Alex, myself. Wow, that's a and. What's the point? Uh, I don't remember the points, but I know. Oh, he, he definitely knows he's winning. Because he, yeah. he of course, sorry, you were the, was <laughs> you were the guy who gave us like a question with no answer or something. Like, yeah, like, something strange. Yeah, I, he's also the guy who provided a question and he gave me the wrong answer. But I gave you the points after, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Retrospectively, it was all good. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm losing on one point, so it's fine. All right. But okay. Ed, you you ask a question, then I'll go. Then Zavul. All right. So this is just a uh, um, simple first one to. Guess it wins, obviously. Just a buzz, so legit buzz. That's my buzz. Booze. Booze. It's <laughs> a very French booze. Yeah, I thought I'd go for it. Okay, are we ready, gentlemen? Uh, who is the first non European winner of the Ballon d'Or? Booze. Yes. Kaka. Is it wrong or is it right? It's wrong. Buzz. Um, is it Di Stefano? No. You both can guess again. Uh, we'll get two more guesses each. Do we get a hint? Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I feel um, like if, yes. if you give us a hint... Oh, I think I might have it. If he's got it, you can guess. But, you can guess. You don't, uh, yeah. uh, it's George Weyer. Oh, well played, yeah. my good sir. That's the one. I don't know why I said Kaka. No. Because I was thinking it was formed in 2000. That's why in my head it was. Um, no, but it is, it is weird because... You guessed Di Stefano, which is obviously like way back. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it was, I can't remember when it was first formed, but it was very much in that middle ground. So you yeah. don't know when it was started and you would just assume it would be a South American, but no, yeah. the Liberian president. There you go. There you go. I, I went Di Stefano because he was Argentinian before yeah. Spanish. And then Hungarian and as well. Yeah. He, he, no, he played, he was the only person to play like international games for three different nationalities. Yeah. I don't remember third, but there you go. Yeah, there you go. All right. Trigger trigger. So I'll take a point. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Um, so my question, as always, is related to the subject. Uh, so Sam Kerr famously scored four goals versus Jamaica in the 2019 World, Women's World Cup, uh, most by any Aussie in any World Cup game ever. Uh, can you name either of the other two women to score five goals in one game? Oh, oh wow. What, in World Cup? In a World Cup, yeah, yeah. Okay. In one game, score five. In five in one game, yeah. Okay, Buzz? Yeah. No, it's not. Oh, Alex Morgan? Yeah, well done. Alex Morgan versus Thailand in the, in, in the World Cup. See, I was going to say Rapinoe, but I remember she was... Um, I think she's just like assisted or whatever, a couple of maybe scored one. Mm-hmm. But then I remember Alex Morgan, yeah. I thought there. you were asking Australian and I was so confused. No, no, no. But now that makes so much more sense. Do we get those points? Yeah, that no, you get that. I missed yeah. that. That's my that, bad. That's, that's our problem. problem. Yeah. Your accounting method here. No, good. Uh, yeah. Check the podcast. <laughs> he, he scored five first Thailand in... Twi- uh, she scored five <laughs> first Thailand <laughs> in 2019. Yeah, I remember that. And that was a whole celebrating thing. Okay, can it? I guess yeah. the other for a bonus? Uh, I don't know if you're going to get her, but you can go. Um, is it Marta? No, it's not Marta. I knew you'd guess Marta because it's one of the only ones you'd probably know. Okay. But it's not Marta. No, she's uh, American as well. Oh. Her name's Michelle Ak- Akers. Akers. Okay. Um, and she scored five against Chinese Taipei in 1991. Akadaka, no way. Yeah. Shock- um, Shocking. For, for a bonus point, I can give you another question if you want. <laughs> can you name any of the men who have scored four or more goals in a World Cup game? Booze. Yeah. Marissa Closer? No. Uh, Booz. Yeah. Puskas. No. Really? I can rattle you off a list now. Yeah, yeah. I think points um, are done. Just Fontaine scored four in yeah. a game. French oh. French boy. Uh, Eusebio scored four. Oh, uh, Butragueno scored four. Uh, 
Oleg Salenko, Russian, right. scored five. Oleg. And then you've also got Ernst Wilimowski. <laughs> he scored five goals for Poland in 1938 yeah. in a 6-5 defeat to Brazil. I'm, that's Yeah, okay. that's a very good bit of trivia. Yeah. Yeah. Also, can I ask, how many times did you practice saying that guy's name? That, that was the first time I said it. <laughs> just, I typed it out. He's just a natural. Organic. Yeah. Ernst Wilimowski. <laughs> Mike Wazowski, did you say? That's where it comes from. Yes. Obviously, obviously Pixar watched the Pixar World Cup in and 1938. Change that podcast subject. Yeah. <laughs> Pixar films. Same with Pixar films. Come on. All right, so um, wrap us up. Mine was a bit of World Cup trivia because mm. we're talking about World Cup. Yeah. Uh, there were two teams who failed to get a single point at the 2018 oh, FIFA World oh Cup. Oh, God. Name those two teams. Both of them? Oh, I'll give a point but, for each one. But you see but, you yeah. Egypt. That's one of them's correct. And yes. well, yeah, you only said one. <laughs> oh, did I, did I only need one? No, no, no. You have to go to. You oh. want to one? You <laughs> want I now one? know that Egypt scored no points. Okay, there you go. Um, oh, what? Do I now get a point? For yeah, you do. Oh, okay. But there's a bonus point. It's okay, a very simple system here. Okay, buzz, <laughs> and then uh, oh, I don't think it's right, but Panama. Well done. Two oh, out of two. Oh, that's um, impressive. Two points for you. Um, I was gonna guess Morocco, but they drew with someone. I'm pretty sure they drew with. Portugal, one of the two. I remember we were absolutely smashed watching that one of those yeah. games, a Moroccan game. Like we'd get those like one point five liter cheap oh, beers, huge beers, and they were always plastic. warm, yeah, and we'd right. just sit in our hotel room. Like, On the yeah, Volga River. This is good stuff. <laughs> Disgusting stuff. Disgusting. Yeah. Well, Ed, good little win there for you on the trivia. Yeah. Three points tonight. Swept up. Sad takes none. Um, maybe don't be bad trivia. That's 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 that. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> It's um, my last time on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for your input, Chief. No, yeah. Thank you, Zav. And thank you, boys, for coming back along. It's been fantastic to talk to you again. I talk a little bit about football, and it'll be really nice to just get something out online yeah. and uh, get the ball rolling again. So yeah. thank you for coming along. Any final words? Uh, like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. What a way to put it. Get on side. Hashtag <laughs> get on side. All right. Love it. Love it. Thank you very much for listening. Have a good one.